Uh, well, my goodness. Morning, everybody. Look at you. Morning, <laughs> everybody. What does that mean? I thought, were we not dressing up this year? You always get on my back about not being dressed up for Christmas. Look, I have spent over six minutes trying to find a Santa hat in this new house. <laughs> uh-huh. And I can't, Nick. I'm sorry. Well. But you look incredible. You look incredible. Thank you. You'll notice that this is the 200th anniversary singlet, which I've crossed out the 200 and I've written Xmas on. It's so, a great, it's a versatile shirt, isn't it's it? It's versatile. You could wear this to a party. You could wear this to a funeral. You could wear this to the supermarket. I would like to see you wearing that to a funeral. Well. Out of all those. Out of I'm not those saying three. it would be appropriate. I'm just saying that you could. Yeah, you could. I mean, look, you look great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And ultimately, there, if I'm there at the funeral to pay tribute to someone, I think it doesn't matter what I'm wearing, right? It's the gesture. No, but if I know anything about funerals, and I've only been to like three, okay, it's that Pretty good if there is an opportunity for you to steal the limelight, <laughs> uh, you should take it. It's funny. We haven't been to the same funeral, and I wonder what that dynamic would be like if you and I both turned up to a funeral. Yeah. There'd be a non-zero chance we'd be doing bits. Oh, uh, we'd we'd probably be asked to to <laughs> do bits a how bit, close we are. I would imagine. To the thing. If you invited corpse. me to like your like second cousin's funeral, neither of us yep. that invested, or like a former former co-worker, that sort of thing, there's a decent chance we'd be having some jokes. Yeah, not not a high probability of me inviting you to my second cousin's funeral. There's not a high probability of me going to that. Okay. Uh, I don't even know if I have any. I probably do. I've probably slept with them. Okay. Well, that's allowed. That's with that's within the normal, you know. normal bounds. You know, I, I, I the other night I started a playlist. I actually didn't realize that I had started this playlist until I checked my phone a few days later on Spotify. And I started a playlist very late at night called My Funeral, and there is one song on there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what's, yeah. what's on there? Videotape by Radiohead. An, well, no, it's it's an Aphex Twin song that's just, there's no lyrics. <laughs> okay. It's just, just it's, a vibe. The song, this top, the song is actually called Three. It's just called okay. Three. Right. Um, and it's just a beautiful, it just like I imagine, because I imagine that's how I will ascend to heaven. Right. With this music. Okay. So is yeah. this something that you keep playing, you know, just when you're going about your daily life, just in case, just so like, we, we've talked about this previously, the embarrassment of being run over by a car and, and the pedestrian nearby picking up the earpods and being like, wow, was he listening to his yeah. own podcast? Yes. Do you, are you now trying to steer the other direction where you're always playing your funeral song just in case so that there's never that embarrassment? That's a good point. No, I wasn't thinking that, but I was thinking that like, I mean, no one's going to be able to DJ my funeral better than me. And I hate the idea of someone playing a song at my funeral that I don't like. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm just trying to get prepared. Just get it ready. I mean, screw the will. Get the playlist sorted. Yeah, I think you do a pretty good job. I think Casper would do a pretty good job. Okay, thank I you. I think maybe Ben could as well. But yeah. I, just want, I just want that last bit of dying control before I... You know. How many podcasts of comedians interviewing each other do you want during the reception or the wake? I think two. Just two. like not. I don't. Want, you don't want to overrate the pudding. No, but a little bit of Joe List, a little bit of what Marin. Wow. Who do you want? Look at you. Look at you remembering Joe List. Oh, I still remember the name. I haven't checked him out. 
Oh, okay, that's all right. But, but you I know, that's, half, that's halfway there. That's love, man. Honestly, I, I don't remember anyone that you've ever recommended. Me. <laughs> no, and you've never listened to anything I've ever recommended. So nah. it's, just, it's just like water off a duck's back. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Are you drinking? My man. Cass Lager right here. Cass Lager. I have Korean's a, um, finest. I have a world's best gin in a raspberry tonic. Is that what it's called? It No, it's called, it's a different type of gin, but it won the world's best gin last year. New okay, Zealand well, brand, yeah. It's uh, it's very pink. Well, that's again the raspberry tonic. It's fitting fitting with your outfit. Are you cold? No. In your tank top there? No. It's sixteen degrees. Can I just say you've got more shoulder hair than I would have expected? Thank you. Yeah, I'm okay. uh, growing it out, just trying something new because you know for years haven't, and now I'm thinking yeah. let's give it a crack. It's all that uh, tea that you've been building up over the last few years at the <laughs> yeah. gym. And injecting, yeah. You're, you've kind of hit puberty number two. <laughs> Second puberty. The encore puberty. <laughs> the, the sequel. The squeakle. Yeah. The squeakle. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a bit going around. I, we've talked previously about how shoulder hair is not a thing that I really expected to be part of my life. But I'm trying, you know, we're talking end of year stuff. I'm trying in 2023 to come to accept and love myself for who my shoulders may be. Well, you don't want you don't want too much love. You want a healthy amount. <laughs> I always like to keep like a healthy dose of self hatred in there because yeah. I think that keeps me grounded. How much is that? What's a healthy dose? Like 20 percent. Okay. Not okay. too much, but like I want to, I want to, I want to maintain. I would never want to lose that that voice in my head that tells me I'm a. I'm a little bitch, you know, I want, I would, I want that. I want a little of that. I want it to, I want it to quieten down a little bit, but okay. like, I don't, I don't want it to lose it altogether. It's part of my personality. Yeah. And I think people would be very disconcerted if you liked yourself. Like yes. there'd be a lot no, of people going around like, wow, Michael's changed. He's really, he seems positive and optimistic. And it's not good. That, no one wants that. Yeah. It would sort of ruin the brand. Yeah. Uh, now are you getting into the Christmas spirit? Or are you about to do the intro? Well, I'm I'm open to both options. I was about All to right. intro, but maybe maybe let's yeah, let's wait. Let's keep All people right. on edge. Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Thank you so much for being here on this the probable last episode of our year, and also the much anticipated Christmas special. Yes, we have music coming up. I'm very excited to hear what has been produced by my friend sitting through the internet. In Melbourne, Australia, Michael Zabrecki. How we doing? Yo, yo, ho, ho. Hello, yeah, welcome. Little Christmas, yo. I yeah. loved it. I felt the spirit. I felt the energy. Yeah. Michael. And you didn't introduce yourself. Well, I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. Yeah. Hi. Sad Nick. Saint Nick, thank you very much. And uh, you, as we just said, are home. Tell me about your Christmas spirit, because I assume that you were there for Jesus's sake. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, you kind of just outed me there, but that's all right. We didn't really discuss that. But well, um, Do you want to um, not be home? Well, I just, I was toying up. So, okay. So, yes, I am in, I'm back in Australia. Um, uh, earlier than we expected, um, we kind of we made we've been traveling for 6 months and we kind of we made the choice to come back home um 
for you know various reasons. I'm not sure how I want to, much I want to get into. Some personal, some professional. Uh, but we made the choice to come back home. It felt right. You know, we we kind of anticipated that we would be away for, you know, I think, you know, I was planning anywhere between six months and two years. I, you know, was kind of expecting in my head. So we're at the the very minimum part of that, which is, it's a little bit, it's a little bit sad in a way. Um, you know, we both feel like we, we kind of wanted to, to extend our time or at least uh, kind of cement ourselves in a place for um, at least um, a few more months than we than we did but we had a very very good trip and things have worked out very well for us both we've you know we've both managed to get jobs I'm starting tomorrow my new job yeah, wow um, so it's kind of worked out for us we feel very privileged to have been able to take this kind of break in our careers and in our personal lives and come back into you know good jobs um, so we're very lucky in that sense. Um, I think there is a f- there is like a feeling of, um, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word failed, but there is that feeling. There is a feeling of like we didn't quite, you know, go to, um, you know, get to live in Portugal or whatever, whatever we planned. Um, but at the end of the day, we still had a pretty amazing time. We went to eight or nine different countries. Yeah. Um, you know, we got, we got engaged, we got, you know, we, we, yeah, uh, it's funny, uh, Lauren and I hadn't actually lived together apart from this trip and I was working out, um, I was doing the maths in my head and I realized that for a quarter of our relationship, we've been traveling together, yeah, wow. which is pretty wild. And we haven't killed each other and we're, you know, still very much in love and all that bullshit. And, um, <laughs> All that is to say that, yes, I am home. Please don't hit me up. I'm not ready to speak to anyone. <laughs> Did you want me to do an intro where I don't out you? No, no, no. I, I, I was just, I was kind of, there's a, there's a nervousness that I have about, you know, I've only told like close friends that we're back. And that's because I have a little bit of, I don't, it's not anxiety. I don't like using that word, but like, I don't, I, I don't want to just go back straight into life and catch up with people i don't know there's yeah, like a barrier i guess that's what it is it's like i have to quarantine myself socially um and i think that's what i'm doing um yeah i mean it is very recent as of this recording like you've only just got back two, in which yeah, uh, two days su- ago yeah does not surprise me that there's still a bit of disorientation there um particularly given the um i suppose the cultural context here of like the sort of places you've been living in and then back into Australian life. Have you felt differently about the world that was normal until very recently now that you've spent some time away from it? Do you, by the world that is normal, do you mean Australia, home? like Melbourne home? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So this is, this is part of the decompression slash quarantine thing. It is eerie to us, to both of us, that how familiar everything is and how um, how we've just gone straight back into the swing of things. You know, we had one day of, of kind of jet laggy stuff, but even then we stayed up with, you know, Lauren's parents and had a drink and it's, it is, it is wild. You know, you think that there would be a lot of, you know, a bit more time or, you know, there'd be a bit, a bit more of a transition between, you know, living out of a suitcase for six months in developing parts of the world where it's, completely different to where you're you're used to growing up 
Yeah. Um, but it but it hasn't felt like that, and that's that's kind of spooks me as well. Like it just feels immediately familiar, and I don't know. I think I wanted the little the like the afterglow of of travel to last a little longer, but it just it just feels like normal again. That's fascinating. I mean, partially that has to be a result of the the suddenness of it, right? Where particularly if you're going straight back to work tomorrow, you'll yep. find yourself in an office environment. I think maybe tomorrow's the day where you'll feel the contrast more, right? Where <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden you have other people asking things of you, expecting things of you, deadlines to do that kind of stuff, which has been a framework that for the most part you haven't had to live under for six months. So yes. I think when it's no longer a self-guided life anymore and it's back to interoperability with other people's schedules and <laughs> that sort of thing, I think that's probably when you'll feel the the the, the distance of it rather yeah, than just definitely. being like, well, I'm, I'm living in a different house again, but I lived in 10 different houses in the past six months. So, you know, what's another? Yeah. And it's not like I, I haven't worked with these people before. It's not like you you leave a place for six months and then go back to it and everyone knows your story. This is a fresh slate. They're meeting me on a fresh slate. So, yes, that, that, that travel is part of my story for the last six months, but they don't know that and they don't care and why would they? Um, and, yeah, so I, I guess it's like uh, that might shock me a little bit. But I guess the other, the other side of this is that, you know, we were craving familiarity. And you know we hadn't been able to walk into a, a you know a grocery store and order you know or, or just buy a packet of crisps without there being some la- some barrier some obstacle in terms of language or culture or whatever, and that's that's like those little micro obstacles that happen on a day to day basis for six months they can stack up, yeah. and I'm not saying that it wasn't it was unbearable but you do start to create crave that familiarity and that that comfort and you know i think you know the first day that we were back here in melbourne you know i went to just go buy you know a drink from um the supermarket and i almost you know i could feel my my muscle memory trying you know to gear up to say to remember the foreign word of the place that i'm in to say thank you or please but i then i didn't need to do that yeah, you know, I could just I could just use the words that I know. Yeah, um, you didn't because so, you tend to treat people poorly when you're in those kind of uh, hospitality settings. But you yeah, knew the it, words you should have said. Yes, and in a way, because the the person behind the um, behind the counter was of Asian appearance, it sounded a little racist and condescending when I said "ni hao" <laughs> to them. <laughs> In Australia, yeah, yeah. they were like, "What are you getting it, at?" It, it comes across differently, yeah. And they're like, "I'm, I'm, I'm Korean." Yeah, I'm like, well, you know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> are we leaving that bit in the final edit or not? <laughs> Why not? Is that okay. is that bad? Ah, Does well, that not reflect? I, mean, well? I think it's clear that we're joking. Um, I'm joking. The um, the adjustment period, notwithstanding, how do you? You've said that you felt a hint of what others might call failure about that. Do you think that's a passing thing or do you like, is that tied up in the idea of it, of this transition as you're readjusting or do you think you really would hold on to this with a regret that it wasn't longer? I think there is a, I don't, I'm not sure about regret. 
I'm pretty good at not regretting things because I can contextualize them. I think if we knew what we knew, if we know, if we knew before we left what we know now, um, th- we would do things a lot differently. But that's just life. That's just how life works. Yeah. Um, we can't know those things. We did, you know, as enough as much research as as we could um, before we left. And and again, it's not like it's not like we necessarily needed to come back immediately. There are other factors. But I think for both of us, um, there was a set, it was like, it's just expectation versus um, the reality as everything in life is. And I think the expectation and the the hopes that you put on it, uh, when it kind of changes course um, and, do- and doesn't necessarily materialize as, as that original expectation, there is a sense of like, ah, oh, I wish that was different. But uh, look, we, we still... We still had an incredible time. We've had, you know, um, we've seen so much of the world now that you know most people have never gotten to to experience. So I'm I'm just trying to focus on the the gratitude for that. Yeah. Um. And we, you know, part of the reason what we are coming back as well is because you know we've been we have this opportunity to get this amazing place together. Um. And with the rental market being so dire in Melbourne, it's yeah. like. We we are actually walking into like a, a pretty um, pretty nice situation for ourselves, yeah. Um, and it's going to be pretty comfortable. So look, there's just there's just there's pros and cons with everything. It's bittersweet, and it's like bittersweet in the truest sense. Like we are happy to be home. We do kind of wish, you know, part of us wishes that we were still traveling, but you know, we can travel again. And uh, yeah. there's a lot to look forward to for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Well said. Can you give an example of like one of the the micro things that you didn't know that if you knew at the start would have impacted how you planned things or what you did? I yeah, um, well, I think part, our goal was to set up some some freelance work um, for both of us, some income streams uh, that could sustain our travel um, at least for a, a period, and and you know we weren't expecting to to earn as much as we do in Australia. Um, but we thought if we can just earn enough to get by, um, then that would be, that would be fine. So um, we just find, we just found it harder to get regular work coming through. And our big learning from that is that if you are making the move from a salary job to freelance work, you need to, and especially if you're traveling on the road, you need to have set those things up concretely before you go. You need to have recurring regular clients and you need to have it for, you need to establish yourself for at least a year and maybe two. Um, and I think trying to find work while your back's against the wall, while you're on the road and living out of a suitcase is just not viable. It's it's not going to, it's very, it's very hard. You know, I, yeah. I interviewed for multiple jobs. I you know had multiple Zoom interviews um, for jobs and some of those were great and uh, some of those, some of those didn't work out for you know practical reasons. You know, a lot of these companies that are advertising for remote roles, they don't really mean remote fully. Yeah, they don't. They're a bit pop into the office icky. once a week, but you know, you can spend the rest working from home. And it's like, well, I can't do the once a week either. <laughs> the com- companies are a bit icky about that. So you know, when when we were going for these jobs, and this was Lauren as well, when we were going for these jobs and it was getting to final interview stage and, okay, can we talk referees and all that, when when we are having those conversations, the comp- those companies were like, 
okay, but so when are you really going to be back though? And when I couldn't give them an answer, that was a red flag to them. And they're like, well, you know, if we've got another candidate here that's, you know, just as good Around or not as good, but yeah. then then I'm just going to do that because it's easy. It's just a headache for them, which I, which I get to an extent, but I think we'll see the world really opening up and becoming, I, I don't think the world is fully remote now. Companies are still in that teething stage where they're a little bit wary and some of them are even trying to get people back into the office yeah. you know, and really trying to sell that. Um, but I think the world isn't quite ready for like a, you can, as long as you get the work done, you know, um, you can work from anywhere. Yeah. I do know a couple of people that are in that place and have succeeded at it, but it seems to be the exception. I think you're right that there is a conservatism in, in sort of business office environments still where the unknown is a risk factor and they tend to be risk averse. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hugely surprised, but it's a shame that, they didn't give you the chance to try, you know, to prove that you could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all lessons and uh yeah, I mean, yeah. Life life is pretty fucking good. So yeah. No and I, I think um, you know, from my perspective, like what an amazing um accomplishment, as you say, to have spent the six months away, to have done so yeah. with a partner and not only not killed each other but got engaged. That's the opposite yeah. of killing. Um, and (laughs) come back clearly, uh, more worldly, more informed, more excited by the prospects of what's to come. Like, I don't think there's anyone looking at that, that would say it's a failure. I think it's, it's a really admirable and exciting thing that you pulled off. So I'm, I'm very happy for you for doing it. And I'm very happy to see what happens now you're back. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's been, I, I feel like this is a, a maybe a podcast in which we talk a little bit of our years. Let's do um, that. But I got some bits and pieces of um, mm. news and things after this. Yep. But um, it's interesting in contrast because I think my year has been a difficult one in some respects because the, so we've been in a, in a development phase trying to get the next show off the ground. And that process in New Zealand this year has been quite tumultuous um, due to more industry factors and and international factors even. But it just, it it has brought brought into like harsh relief sort of the, the challenges as you've discovered of the freelance life, where if, Mm. if the um, industry it changes in a different direction, then all of a sudden your stability disappears. Um, right. So I've I've had a year in which uh, probably been working on five different TV shows, trying to get them going, and none of them have gone yet. And mm. all of that is time that you're investing, often unpaid time that you're putting into a thing to try and get it to a point where funding is you know secured um pushing up hills you through bureaucracies through like creative partnerships to try and get it to a place where you then have a job and that can be a a fairly draining experience when you're (laughs) trying to find the next thing and it doesn't always come through so um Mm. Luckily, I've had other opportunities. My video game work, which 
um, has been a, a bit of a safety net, has been relatively consistent, at least through the second half of this year. And that has kept me, you know, with a little bit of money coming through. But so much of this job is betting on yourself and on hoping that if you just stick at it, and that you can weather the storms and, and weather the bullshit, you can last, you know, to the next port when the, the next show comes through and you get steady work again. Yeah, it's it's high high risk, high reward. That's it. And you are you are playing the long game and there would there there will be a huge payoff for you. But like those I mean, people I remember Tom Hanks saying, um, you know, if he could go back and tell him his younger self something, it would be to not worry. <laughs> and I, I just think, well, I mean, it's because you fucking made it. But like, people who are in artists, especially who are, and, and include you in that, art, artists who are pl- plugging away at their craft, you know, you know, kind of perfecting it, getting better, you know, taking the the little jobs, the big jobs. Those people don't know what the end of the tunnel is. They are yeah. literally just in the dark, and you and you you just have to keep going for the love of it. And I just I respect that immensely. I think I, I you know anyone who does that makes that choice in their life and for their career. I think that's the greatest, most courageous thing that you could do. And you're obviously hugely talented, and you you already done like courageous things. You already moved to New Zealand. Like it hurts my feelings that you did that, <laughs> but. Like you are, you're a Kiwi now, and that's just your life, and you'll just die in New Zealand probably, <laughs> and that's that's fine. We're all coming to terms with it, but like that is a huge thing. Like you have established yourself there, and you are clearly getting better. It's not, also this is this sounds like you've lost out on something. You are like you you obviously have irons in the fire. I I, just, I also just watched half of Good Grief season two. It took me long enough on the plane. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that, that shit is fucking awesome. Thank you. That's that very shit kind. is fucking awesome. We'll we'll talk about that on another episode once we I've finished talk it. About that. But um, I mean, you, you're you are killing it. You are absolutely killing it. That's very kind of you. I, I think it's it's when you say it's courageous, I do feel like there has to be acknowledged that I, I've been fortunate enough to have a safety net where I I you know have a family that I can rely on where if this all absolutely fell apart, I could move back to Adelaide and, and you know, my parents would put up with me for a bit until I got shit back together, you know. Yeah. So, like, not everyone has that. And and it does mean that it's it, it favours, unfortunately, people that are in a better position in order to pursue this kind of shit. But when but I you, look at you also have to you have to also have to factor in the pride element. So yes, you could do that. But <laughs> yeah. pride, How pride and ego, <laughs> yeah. pride and ego needs to be factored in. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it's it's interesting because like one of my my friends and and co-writers is um, doing some pretty amazing stuff in the U.S. at the moment, and the contrast between like the U.S. Hollywood kind of systems and the New Zealand one has really become obvious because here in New Zealand, it's just so small. Like there's just not that much money for the arts. There's two channels tops. Um, The audience are getting all of the international content. So their expectations for what a show looks like, you know, what the scope of something is, is sky high. But the money that's available for a New Zealand production is minuscule. Like we're we're fighting over like six figures for a whole season of something, and and it's 
you know, that's the catering budget of Game of Thrones, you know, <laughs> like that's how much they spend on horses. Um, yeah. So the the industry here. Even Wait, if, horses, horses are part of the catering budget? Yeah. I mean, you really want good quality horse flank. You don't want okay. like sort of the off cuts or anything. No, they're really, they're really uh, doing it over there, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they went full medieval uh, method. So there was a lot of. A lot of okay. like eating um, pheasant and that sort of thing. It's it's a method cast and crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't you don't often hear about a method crew, <laughs> where everyone's lighting things with flames and. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. a a got uh, method makeup artist. Correct. That's not gonna yeah. be. It's Just like so I'm gonna make your, your face. Yeah, I'm gonna make your lips pop a little bit with blood. Yeah. Um, but the, you know the the contrast of. So Good Grief, as you mentioned, is, you know, decently well received. Like it has it has fans, people like it, um, even overseas. And the approach for success in America is let's make this thing until it's not successful anymore. Let's push it as long as it can. Let's do nine seasons of The Office. Even when the star's mm. gone, let's keep going. You know, that's mm. the model that they've lent into. And in New Zealand, there's just not the money for that. There's not the money that a hit continues. So every single time you, um, you know, finish a show, you have to fight to get the next season of it, even if it's successful. So it's just like a very different world here. And it, it means that you're constantly back at the bottom of the mountain trying to climb it again. So, um, yeah, this year, this year has been a very sort of eye opening lull where, you know, it has tested me in terms of the commitment to finding new projects, to pushing forward at at stuff, even when I'm sick of the shit. And yeah. and you just have to say, you know, take Tom Hope's Tom Hanks's advice and hope that you know you, you don't need to worry about it. It'll work out. I will be ultimately, um, you know, a five time SNL guest host. That's, I think you that's will, the context man. he was I think you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like you've struggled emotionally with that? Yeah, I think I think there have definitely been periods where I've felt uh, low about it because so much of it's out of your control. That's the hard thing. Yeah. Like I can put the effort in, but when it's not up to you to secure your own success when you don't know, you know, what you're fighting against in terms of what other projects are out there, what other money's being asked for, what else does a network have on offer, what's, mm. you know, the appetite for this versus international content that they could just license for a quarter of the money, you know? Yeah. It's just a vacuum of, of um, where you just throw your, your hopes and dreams into it and wait to see what comes out. So it's that where you're like, okay, well, my four previous attempts have stalled out or they're in they're pending or we're waiting to find out or they didn't like that so we've got to rewrite stuff or you know mm. the, the process of it sometimes weighs down and then there's days where i'm like i just don't have anything to do today and that's that's mm. weird as well where you're like okay i've got nothing to do so do mm. i have the energy to start something else yeah. What pathway would that take? What am I passionate about doing? What, you know, story do I want to tell? 
Or do I try and just like give myself a break and not feel guilty about having a day where I don't do something, even though it doesn't earn me any money, you know? That's it's impossible. A, it's it's impossible. a weird it's a weird vibe. And the freelance life has always been one of like peaks and troughs where when I'm busy, I'm I'm really busy because there's lots yeah. to do and lots of deadlines. And then there's times when it's a bit more like holding pattern. But going mm. into a year where there's been a lot of nothing is is disconcerting mm. it's hard to cost of living well, yeah and then you're spending two hundred dollars in the supermarket owning a house <laughs> yeah. is getting further and further away yeah so well i'm sh- i'm sure uh, wallace cinemas would take you back as deputy <laughs> manager any day Nick. excuse me i was front of house supervisor i didn't make it to deputy well, manager you've been gone a long time nick i think you need That's to work true. your way back up to that presumably they're paying six figures <laughs> So I don't know. Like we've Casey and I have had discussions about this year, and and you know he he's sort of in the opposite boat where he's in a a white collar office environment in a high paying field with too much work, you know, and and a year in which he's been over busy and looking for more downtime, and then comes home to me, and I've like fucked around all day or like waiting yeah. to find shit out and the discussion that, that of like, to me is would be the worst part like for the disparity being there Karen, being kc or being me uh, well being you obviously sucks um <laughs> but like just that feeling that you're not like i hate the feeling that someone would be coming home and like i they fit they think i've not done anything that day yeah I mean, it's this always is like high school stuff. It is, I'm but it's like, by. it's, it's not wrong. Like I, I do a lot of like the housework stuff and I'm cooking dinner and that sort of thing. So I find ways yeah. in which it, you know, like he does rely on me when he's busy because he's so busy. Mm. So it, it works out, but there is definitely like a, a conversation about the sustainability of that sort of thing um, and right. what that looks like. And, and certainly mm. if, if, next year was in the same place where nothing tended to go, we might end up discussing moving back to Australia because he could do civil engineering in Australia and get paid twice as much as he could in New Zealand. And that might be enough to well, balance it out a bit, you know? Don't end incentivize your downfall to me, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Now you're rooting now against I'm going my to be success. rooting against you. It's <laughs> no yeah. good. Well, you know, these are the conversations you have to have to to be prepared for it yeah that sucks man but i i like you're so talented like i not to blow smoke but like you are you, it I, it will obviously work out well thank you there's like, no such thing I, as a guarantee but look it'll just I, be one of the you'll look back on it with hindsight as one of those you know rough periods but, yeah you know and i think will turn around i think the other thing is we were so lucky with good grief to get that our first show our first proposal we got funded and it just happened overnight. We became TV creators. And you had I the beginner's luck at the we casino. Did. We did. <laughs> and um, and this time around, I think, makes you appreciate the accomplishment. You know, not that I was not grateful or not aware of the luck and the fortune. No, you were. You know? yeah. But like this time around, whenever the next one does get over the line, I think... 
I'll have that appreciation of like what that slog was and what that effort required in order to get yeah. there because it's it's not there's no guarantees there's no yeah there's no guarantees and I'm I'm fortunate enough to have partnered up with you know extremely talented people and have doors open from other people's success so you know with Grace now starring on a fucking Fox sitcom in the US yeah, you know she's meeting different kinds of people and you know maybe there's opportunities Trickle there down. that that avoid well, exactly that avoid some yeah. of the bottleneck in New Zealand so look as you say you've got to remain um hopeful for success but it does it, it's been a different kind of year for me yeah a bit of a bit of a um <laughs> bit of a uh what's the word I'm looking for melancholic yeah. Uh, Malay's start for this well, podcast. Couple I mean, of, it's end of year. Just sound like know, a couple of losers. This is the first time we've drunk on the pod in about seven months, so maybe this is yes. what the alcohol is bringing out. Only if we just get depressed. <laughs> it's really oh. kind of um, obvious now that we see it in it's, hindsight. It's cliche that we, you know, just Just get immediately get sad. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Can you put on some FX Twin, please? I love it. Let's do it. Now, let's get into some fun seggies. How about okay. we do that? Well, speaking of um, depressing news, Michael, have you been following the 23andMe leak? No. Were you telling me about this, though? No, I don't think I've mentioned this to you. Oh, this has come up in something. Anyway, please tell me everything. Well, uh, 23andMe is the um, genetic testing company. Um, are you familiar mm. with them, independent of this? The show? No, it's a it's a company. Okay. Wait, a show? Is no, there then. a show? I th- I'm thinking of like the twenty, like you, they film people every twenty three years and check in on them. Oh, Seven Up. Oh, that one. Yeah. No, it's okay. not that. This is like Ancestry dot com. This is like a a DNA testing company which uh, you, you do a like a cheek swab, I think, or a spit sample or something like that. Send it away to them. They scan your DNA and then they find relatives and they connect you to your ancestry and they can say look you came from here you came from there um dna testing um uh, software i I guess service that um, i suppose is more popular maybe with a slightly older generation who are looking at that kind of ancestry you know where they came from um well there was a huge hack basically and a trove of of user data um, was stolen from this company and 6.9 million people of their 13 or 14 odd million users have had data stolen and now leaked, including DNA and genetic information. So uh, look, the, the details of what happened here are sort of irrelevant. I guess what, what I want to know, Michael, is what do you think of people's DNA being leaked? You know, we've had data leaks. We've had fucking Optus's leak. We've had Dimmick's leak. You know, we're, we're used to seeing an email address be compromised. We're talking now healthcare information. We're talking about your actual genome. We're talking about whether you have diabetes, a whole bunch of innate human characteristics here now out there on the dark web, you know, for anyone to use or, or compromise. But how would anyone use, how is this valuable to anyone? Well, it, it, I mean, this is the question, I suppose. Part of it is what do you do with genetic information? 
part of it is a, a question of privacy and part of it is the responsibility of the service to secure stuff. If you're taking your DNA and making promises that it's being held securely, um, now there's sensitive health data out there you know, attached to your name, address, and contact details and saying, hi, you've got type 2 diabetes. Hi, you've got celiac disease, you know. This is this is mm. medical information out there on on the web. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I just I'm struggling to care. Like I <laughs> I don't think that I I don't think that I would care. Like maybe it's because I'm obviously super fit and healthy and you know have incredible DNA. I kind of want people to know, you know, the stuff <laughs> that I'm made of. But I just maybe in the year 2085, this could be an issue when we're kind of genetically engineering, uh, you know, people like in like a Gattaca style um, engineering. But like, I don't really, un I don't really understand why this is an issue. Like, I, this well, what about here sure. if I introduce the, the the potential bad result here? It's it from one angle here. It introduces the risk of racial targeting. So one uh, bad actor responsible had already posted a sample of data they'd stolen from 23andMe, describing it as containing a million data points about Ashkenazi Jews, people of Chinese descent. So you are now looking at like racial um, you know, you know, bigotry, being able to then identify the names and addresses of people that they might be bigots against. And now all of a sudden, mm a random fucking neo-Nazi on the internet knows where you live. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, I mean, it's it's funny to me that there's a, a neo-Nazi out there who would also try and get information from a data leak in order to be more racist. Well, I that's mean... That's like a... a why is a that... diligent kind of racism. <laughs> why? I mean, if you're, if you're like a proactive bigot right you're already like stalking people or you know going to mosques or you know whatever kind of object of um attention you're fixated on right this is an easier way to do it surely than like getting out there and stalking people yeah i guess so i mean because it's interesting with with jewish being both a religion and i guess a a race of of people yeah that there's probably a lot of people who don't identify as Jewish who are Jewish in their DNA. But this is like another level of racism that I just completely do not understand. Like, you know, obviously going back to like the Holocaust or whatever, like the 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 idea that if you have Jewishness in your DNA that someone would hate you more. Like I, it's, it's so like biblical and outdated that I'm just like how – like this is like – so confusing to me well i mean it's it's the it's the eugenics thing right like it's the there's something flawed about these people so we don't want them right, right? right, right. like but the idea that that's this what, is just like a, a judgment call <laughs> where it's like that's what the funny thing about racism is that the funny thing about racism <laughs> clip it <laughs> the funny thing about racism is that it's it just it just exemplifies people's lack of evolution like a lack of understanding towards evolution. It's just evolution. Like people have historically thought that black or, you know, white people have been, you know, thought that black people were lesser than them or, and it's like, they just, 
they just evolved differently to you for a, for a little bit. Like, yeah. it is, it's just, it's just so, it's so. Well, in fact, it, it's, isn't it the other way around? You evolved differently to them, right? Like white people sure. m- migrated north. This is, this is maybe completely wrong. My vague memory of it actually from the pathogenesis book that we were reading was that mm, the, yeah, the yeah. people migrated north up into Europe and in the different climates up there adjusted over, over time. And then their skin colors all evolved up and, you know, due to leaving right. Africa. Um, so it's the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's like if everyone had a really solid understanding of evolution, that, that would be like the best way to cure racism, I think. That's a it's pretty, just science. pretty strong argument, to be honest. Clip that then. Clip <laughs> okay, that. we won't clip the last bit. <laughs> we'll clip this one. <laughs> um, look, I didn't have uh, a great deal more to say about this, but I think we're. It, it has become more and more common these days to hear of your data being leaked. I think you're in a position where you've said that you don't really give a shit. I no. tend to be more... Um, uh alarmed than most i would say but um Mm. i think we've crossed into a new threshold now when you know genetic data is out there for people to use so i would encourage there is one sort of takeaway here um they attempted (laughs) just they just updated the terms and conditions uh of their service where if you are going to be an ongoing user you uh, have uh, opted into arbitration and and waived away any rights to class action lawsuits. So I would encourage if you or anyone listening knows someone, a family member who used 23andMe, please tell them to opt out of that arbitration change. They've tried to sneak it through with a 30-day window by the end of December. Please tell them to go and and email 23andMe and opt out of that arbitration because there's going to be lawsuits about this. And I think it's in their best interest to not have that right taken away from them by the uh, company that fucked up. So, um, yeah, that's my PSA for today. Okay. Yeah, sorry for not caring about that more. Oh, that's okay. I'll just get a sample of your blood and leak it on the internet and see what people say. Do it. You could do it. (laughs) Michael... How are we feeling myth-wise? Oh, um, let's, let's, well, because it's the festive season, I thought we could do some, some merry myths. Oh, some merry myths. That sounds fun. Some, some merry, merry myths. Some Play the jingle. Do you have a different jingle? I can add sleigh bells to the (laughs) pre-existing one. Perfect. (laughs) I'll do it after this. Nice. Very festive. I heard the bells. <laughs> I hope I do them now. <laughs> yeah, that's me forcing you to do it. Should I kick us off Please. with the first Merry Myth yeah. of 2023? First right. ever as People. well. Don't act like this has come up before. <laughs> 
people around this time of year like to talk about their favorite Christmas movies. And, uh-huh. you know, often you see lists on BuzzFeed, sure. social yeah. media. People like to people like to brag about their favorite Christmas movies. And one thing that really miffs me, Nick, one Please. thing that Mary miffs me very much is that <laughs> is How when much people... <laughs> When meeple, it's going to get sickly soon. Yeah. When people say that Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie, okay, I, I look, I, I, I know that when people say that, they're they're trying to separate themselves from the pack. They go, oh, I actually like Die Hard because it features Christmas, but. It's obviously not a Christmas movie, and that's not what people mean by that. They don't mean what is the favorite your favorite movie that features Christmas. I don't think you're special for saying that, and I wish that people would stop. Just pick a movie that is specifically about Christmas. There's literally millions of them. <laughs> stop trying to be cool with the Die Hard. I'm sure Die Hard's fine. No, I don't think I've ever seen it. What? But like, just... Oh, I don't care about action movies, dude. Like, whatever, Bruce Willis. Yeah, but like, sure, fine. sure. Like, don't go see a new one. But you've never seen Die Hard? Not even, like, on I, TV? I've probably seen it on TV and didn't give a fuck then. Okay. But it's not a Christmas movie. I know this is a little naff, a little basic, but I just really wish people would cool it with the Die Hard for the Christmas. I think, actually, what's... Uh, what I'm reading here is a deep sincerity in your core that feels aggrieved by people suggesting this as like a anarchic, you know, ironic thing when what you really love is Christmas and you don't like the disrespect they're putting on its name by throwing Die Hard out there when, as you say, there are others that actually celebrate Jesus in the way that you want. So I think once this is again, actually Nick, coming from a really sincere place. Once again, you've taken the words out of my mouth, swallowed them, and made them better, and then put <laughs> them out into my mouth again. Okay. Um, sorry. This uh, beer is really starting to kick in. <laughs> yeah. um, this I've gone from sad to can. vulgar very quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I do have a deep love of Christmas movies. Uh, we're talking Elf. We're talking... Um, other ones, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. so there's I, literally millions. I, like, I, I love, I love Christmas movies. I think they should be, they should be treated with like a, a sanctity and a respect, um, and a, and a, and a kind of a, an honestness. Um, and then, uh, I'm running out of words here. Uh, I think we've got a, your point. Genuine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever the fuck. Sincerity. Um, sincerity. That's the word I was looking for. So just, just. Pick a normal Christmas movie, you fucking twat. <laughs> Good myth. Reasonable myth. Okay. Um, Reasonable myth. Okay. I have, I, have a, I have a myth to send back to you. Oh, an evidence-based myth. This is evidence-based myth. So I've just sent a video to you in, uh, in Messenger, um, and I would like you to watch and take it in. Oh, oh no! Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So what we've right. what we've got here, Michael? Let me set the scene. Casey and I out some... for a nice Vietnamese meal, mm-hmm. having some fur, mm. having some crispy squid, 
having a really nice time. This is maybe December 4th. And then into the Vietnamese restaurant come a group of Christian carolers. 12, maybe 14 people singing Feliz Navidad loudly to us in the Vietnamese restaurant. Michael, here's my myth. Carolers, uninvited carolers, particularly racially incoherent ones. I don't get hearing Feliz Navidad sung by a Filipino Christian church in a Vietnamese restaurant. It just hurt my brain a little bit. So I feel like this is probably a request a caroling kind of situation rather than a walk into a restaurant and sing at people when we're all just having conversations and eating our food. And then they have the nerve to walk around and ask for donations. They wanted, they wanted money. Myth. For what? Myth. For the privilege of having heard their unrequested carol. No, that's bullshit. You just ambushed my lunch. You ambushed me. Sonically. I I don't have any more to say because I think I've made my point. But that, it's very I, that's, obvious, that that's a myth. I, what are that's we doing rubbish. here? That is, that is dog shit. Don't do that. Don't do that. By the way, just don't do, don't carol. Don't, no caroling. That's the thing. I think we're past caroling. I'm sorry. I like some Christmas it's, songs, but like on a CD in the background, not as a surprise. In the background. Not as exactly. a, not as, not as a ambush. No, it's a, you're making it about you. Like now we have to, now we have to pretend that we liked it. I'm just trying to order some, eat some crispy squid over here. Yeah, I've got a fur. I, I've got, I've yeah. got other things to do. I don't. Yeah, no, that's that's dog shit, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. Can you just imagine an era? I guess maybe 50, 60 years ago, when this was a thing, like just because yeah. it had to start somewhere, right? And everyone was like into it for long enough that it became a thing. So there was a period yeah. in our civilization where someone would turn up at your door or would be like in the streets and singing and everyone would stop and listen and be like, wow. And yeah, I think as a society, nice. we've gone past that. Yeah. And I think just in, in the defense of caroling at large, um, I think caroling served a purpose, you know, maybe in the twenties and thirties when there wasn't TV and your TV was basically just your window (laughs) and you just looked outside and watched the snowfall or the birds. And then all of a sudden on your window TV, there'd be some people singing a lovely tune. That's fine. That's That's entertaining then because I've, because I have nothing else, but we have, we have, playstations now guys <laughs> yeah we i'm ratchet have, and clanking over here i don't need to hear jingle bells right now we have social media we have global warming to think about <laughs> i i cannot i cannot squeeze you in with the caroling i don't have the bandwidth i don't have the space i'm sorry and it sucks it's also weird, the, the though. caroling it's, lame. it's the, lame the caroling attire is very clearly winter attire it's beanies, sure. it's hats, it's knitted jumpers. It's it's it doesn't make sense in in Christchurch summer. It's like surely no. you're sweating. Like like this isn't it's just not the vibe. Everyone else is here in like fucking jandals. Yeah, you just look like a weird bunch of time traveling pilgrims. <laughs> anyway. Myth. That sucks. Um all right, next myth, real short one. Nick, Christmas cake, it sucks. It does suck. Agreed. Moving on. All right. I don't have any others. I had one, but it was a bit conservative. Um, 
<laughs> what do you mean a conservative? At, at risk of saying, at risk risk of uh, speak, uh, seeming like uh, Tucker Carlson over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that I, I got, want to go down this path. I I saw someone on, on Facebook wishing everyone a happy holidays. And look, oh my God. I get what it you're doing. It can't be. I'm doing it. I'm you doing can't it, be serious. I hate happy holidays. Again, it's making it about you. It's virtue signaling. What? Don't like it. Oh, you were doing so well, Michael, and now you come in here with this shit. Happy no, holidays hurts I'm no one. Happy. Ho- it's still you're still having a holiday if you're having Christmas. So they're still wishing you were happy. The thing that you're doing. You know what's annoying? It's because I have to do one mental uh, leap. Sure. I have to go. Happy holidays. <laughs> Merry Christmas. In a very slight way. You're making me do the work. I know you mean Merry Christmas, so I'm just no. They do... don't. No, Michael. They don't mean Merry Christmas. Yes, that's they the do. point. They yes, mean they every. Do. They mean everything. No. Yeah. Okay. Everything. What else is there? Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not a real holiday. Okay. So now Ra- Ramadan. Yeah. Ramadan. That's another one. Yeah. yeah. That's made up. Okay. Well, I mean, we've established your Christian Christian credentials in the past. Is all of this is made up? So, um, I don't see why you're picking on those when you've already called out Christianity for being completely fictional. So, um, I'm Look, sensing some I had, inconsistencies here. Uh, just a little peek behind the curtain here, uh, folks. I didn't even really want to say that one, and okay. and then I felt the need for entertainment purposes to double down. Okay, and I just did. I know that's that's what that was. I just doubled down. I don't really care that people say happy holidays. I'm just okay. kind of under, undermining the whole Merry Myths uh, well, institution. But that's actually more offensive to me because I treat Merry Myths with the sanctity that it deserves, the respect oh, okay. that it deserves, and you're out here. Throwing out insincere myths? Like, what are we doing, Michael? Sorry. <laughs> this is for real gripes that matter. It's just content, baby. That's like, that's what I'm, that's what we're out here doing. We're just producing content. Some of it's not that good. Okay. I hate to tell you, but some of it's not that good. Okay. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please go back and listen to some of our other content. There's um, plenty of it. Not much of it is very good. But look, we're just out here producing content, so that's, I guess, what we're doing now. Uh, there's <laughs> plenty of ways you can get in touch with us. You can send us messages. You can send us emails on deepfort at gmail.com. You can jump on Instagram. You can jump on Facebook. You can jump on Spotify and listen to our Christmassy songs. Uh, and you can, of course, leave us a positive review or a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And uh, we'd appreciate it. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing the love and and happy holidays to you all. Have you had your prostate checked? Uh, not by a doctor. Mm. But, um, I don't know, into. maybe soon. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard to segue, even if that part's cut out. <laughs> just, a, just a strange tonal shift. <laughs> Maybe just cut in from "Have you had your prostate checked?" <laughs> just without the pre- just without context. Yeah, leave a little mystery. Yeah, we should. Oh, it's our favorite time of the year, Michael. Oh, Christmas time is here, and can you believe it? Five years running now, we have created Christmas songs uh, for each other as a little gift, both to each other, but also to the audience. 
you know, and the world, and the world, quite frankly, yeah. And uh, look, we've we've refilled our glasses. I'm back with a Scottish whiskey. Oh wow! In the hearts, really peaty. You would. It says on the front like extra peaty, and you wouldn't think mm. you can taste it, but this tastes like swamp water. It's, okay, it's really, yeah, it, it's a flavor. Uh, I'm jealous. Um, yeah, it is. We've we've started this. I was reflecting on our um, on our tradition that we've established. And you know these Christmas songs. They're you know I got the I got the Spotify Wrapped uh, yeah. stats. Yeah. <laughs> from from like the artists, they do a Spotify Wrapped for artists. Yeah. So I I get the Brokers one and I get the Deep Fort one and um, you know it says you know you're you've 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 this year you've hit all the high notes. They do that kind That's of preamble. Clever. Yeah. Your your songs were listened to by over ninety one people. That's so, actually more than I would have thought. So like amazing. to be honest. Not bad. And, Not and bad. from all over the world, you know, um, New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, part of me wonders who the hell got one of our songs, like, algorithmically fed into their, like, artist radio and listened halfway through and was like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is this? Is he rapping? He doesn't even sound like he raps. Um, to be fair, that's exactly what my parents say, and they know the full. <laughs> they know the context. context. Yeah. they've had over, they've had yeah. almost ten years of that context, and yeah, they're still like, "What the out. fuck? I do not get this." Yes, but I, lo- I love this tradition that we've created. You know, we we put in. I, I'm sure you have yeah. put Dozens in a of lot of, like, like a, like a weird amount, like a weird amount. I've been, I've been this year. I've been, you know, obviously in various different countries trying to work on my laptop and I have been obsessed with the song that you'll hear in a bit. Uh, and just, this is the side of, of me that Lauren has never seen yeah. and is just like, I mean, I'm sure Casey is the same where you're just like, Oh, it's done. And then the next morning you're like, it's completely not done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to start all over again. Um, did you have an actual a, restart? I did, but it wasn't oh. as dramatic as I'm okay. making it sound. Sure. But, my point is that, like, there's yeah, there's a process. We don't, we don't, we know that we don't have a huge audience of people that listen to this, and it doesn't make sense the amount of work that we put into it. Yeah. But I think in life, what I'm learning is that doing things because they just make you or your friend laugh, that is a great reason to do anything. Yeah, and I think our songs are pretty good. And now, Nick. Which this is what I wanted when we first started doing this is to have an album. Now we have ten songs yeah. after this year. Yeah. So I say we close out this as album one. Okay. Well, it's funny and that you say that because uh, our friend Sean said this uh, past week. Uh, I really want you to press this to vinyl. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to spend four hundred dollars to make a limited run of of uh, vinyls of this thing, but like we have ten songs. We have I, Christmas songs, I, volume one. I think we, I think we ought to. Uh, I think we ought to do that. Um, and were you saying that to me or to like the audience? Like well, just hoping there's a, someone out there that has capacity to do that. No, I haven't looked into it at all. I was like, this is that would cost so much money to do. But if you, that's if the you kind happen of to be listening to, a- to this, <laughs> if you happen to be listening to this and have a lot of money, which I don't think there's a lot of overlap there. Um, <laughs> I, I think can you can you just do like a limited run maybe just do ten, um, and see if they increase in value. I'm not promising that Who they knows? will, but 
knows? They could be kind of really cool in the year 2045. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or there'll be one of those ones at like the back of a record shop where they pull it up for the album art and, and then you buy it based on sort of vibes alone, not because it actually sounds like anything, just because it's the totally. fun thing to have like on the shelf. Now, Nick, I don't know if you want to do this now, but I've got some new, uh, just speaking of the Christmas album, I've got yeah, the I'd, Christmas I'd album artwork. Please. So my good friend Lauren has been working on some 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 artwork for uh, this Christmas album that we're about to put out. Yeah. And I think it's, I think you're going to like it. Please, I, think I, I cannot you wait. Work. Yes. If uh, mm-hmm. everyone oh. on the podcast um listening with an actual uh, podcast player opens up their player right now and has a look at the chapter title you will already see the updated artwork for uh this brand new christmas song so that is all the work of lauren and look i I, i'm very grateful for it and i think it looks amazing Uh, you haven't seen it yet no i'm just saying that now i'm i'll reserve the right to disagree with myself (laughs) wow that that is just a wonderful piece like of artwork. That. I do. That's Isn't that it's great? Christmassy. It's 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 got that. It's a classic. Deep it's a throwback. Unsettling. <laughs> it's, it it really makes you wonder what's wrong with these people, and that's the vibe yeah. I like to communicate. Beautiful yeah, work, mean, Lauren. It it looks Christmassy. Thank you, Lauren. It it looks sparkly. I love what you've done to my lips, um, and I feel like if I saw this in a store, I would spend four hundred dollars for the vinyl. Uh, thank you, Laura. Yeah, it's a bit of a throwback, you know, it's to beautiful. like the um, the specs that we or the brief that we gave Lauren was like a little Frank Sinatra Rat Pack Christmas. You know, it's kind of cartoon yeah. in form, but yeah. I think it just hits all those notes beautifully. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful stuff. Yeah, and and all as right. you say, a great capper to to an album of ten songs. Yes. Now, speaking of songs, Michael, I think this year it's up to me to go first. Is that correct? I think last year uh, was my old, uh, my VHS gag. So let me send you my new Christmas. And I, I don't think I need to set this up in any way. Okay. Here we go. in the room with a confident strut with your shoulders back and your head held up a glittery box that draws the eye how much did it cost who is this guy he is a big gifter swinging that dick around Could ever get close Big gifter, big gifter Trying to cause a real commotion She's washed with cash after her big promotion Oh my god, you snake She says that she's found a deal But you know 
there's no way that's real. <laughs> you just like a nice tradition, she treats it as competition. You just rode a boring cot, she enlisted Paul McCartney. Na 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 na. She is a big gifter, swinging those tits around. No one else could ever get close. Big gifter, big gifter. He plays naughty. Na 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 na. You bought cotton. She bought satin. You bought carbon. She bought salmon. <laughs> you bought cod and she bought salmon. <laughs> Big gift. Set a twenty dollar limit She turns up with tailor tickets Whoa Tailor tickets, tailor tickets Na 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 Speechless about that. I that brought me so much joy. Oh, thank you. Okay, first of all, right off the bat, this is your most musically technical song, and I am I I cannot believe the chord progressions and changes you've you've have in that song. That is incredible. Now, elephant in the room here. Yes, poor choice of poor choice of words. <laughs> yes, go on. Flamingo in the room. Yeah. Um you used my sister. I yeah, assume that's Laura. my sister on vocals. Laura. Yep. Laura, now, I I I'm very grateful for in a very busy time of year. She um snuck away at some point and recorded into her iPhone uh wow. the the second verse and you know the sung along to this for me. And sent it through. Um, she squeezed it in, and and it's magical. I'm I'm really grateful of it. And she did such a great job. When you can't sing, get a real trained like academy music singer. You don't have to tell me. Um, the the annoying part about that, as as sweet and as beautiful as that melody was, and it's kind of like a kind of like a, a like a throwback kind of duet, you know, saying yeah. something stupid kind of vibes, but with yeah. like a surfian kind of almost bibio. I saw you, I, was, I heard the I was wobble. I going for bibio. I was really going I for heard bibio. the bobble. Yeah. Um it's kind of had that feel to it, but my my gripe is that I mean, I could barely get Laura to sing on the <laughs> the, actual the tracks that I had made of of which she was a member. Yeah. Um and so I cannot believe that you got her to sing on this. She does an incredible job. And 
I can't wait. I literally cannot wait to listen to that again with the lyrics because there are some ins- insanely funny <laughs> lyrics. This is what I, this is what you do best. You, your lyrics are always super funny. Thank you. The, the, I, I like just rep- I like that you just repeat. You've done this a couple of times, but you repeat. A, a, just a just a, a, a an incredibly stupid lyric, Cos, <laughs> like just multiple tires. Like, we was to it, say, I, I bought cod, she bought salmon. Yeah, that, let's just repeat better. that for eight bars. Let's just repeat that for eight bars. Yeah, um, just in case you is, missed that it. That is that is genius. Uh, that is honestly, I think uh, it could be your best. Thank you. I, I, look, I aim to beat myself every year. I, if you're not doing this for self-improvement and to make the other person laugh, then I don't think you're doing it right. But thank you. This, this honestly, this song broke me. Like, I have been going to sleep with this rattling in my head. I've been waking up with it in my head. Like, I've listened to this and thought about this so, <laughs> so much. Oh, you know, yeah. Putting it on in the car, walking around, you know, listening to the mix yeah. of it. I also really tried this year to... Like I was, I explicitly sort of in my head wanted to write like a Bibio funk. Like I wanted a groove. I wanted like, uh, yeah, just a, just that feel. And I knew that part of his sound, particularly in 10 was like this kind yeah. of reverb echoey kind of post-production shit. I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to have to try and do that. So well, when I was started to get that, that vibe in and it, and it seemed to be working, I was very satisfied because like, okay, now now it feels like the thing I'm trying to emulate. I, I was honestly astonished. Like I've never been able to, I'm not being falsely modest here, but I have never been able to do, you know, that, that complex. Uh, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the melody is necessarily complex, but I know that the chords, there's like a quick succession of chords there that aren't necessarily um, expected or regular um, that I've never been able to do. And I don't even think I've tried because it's too hard. So I, my hat's off to you. It's, It's really good. Thank you. That was the one that I was like, I literally just sat at the keyboard and like went insane because it's not natural to me. I'm not a jazz pianist. I don't know chord theory. You know, I had a melody in my head. I actually like this came to me sort of like singing in the shower, this idea and this this thing. But then if you can hear the melody and you can hear what you want it to be to then go and actually have to do like jazz chord progressions at a piano, it I just it fucked me. Like it just genuinely broke my brain a little bit. Um, it like, I, I messaged you, I think halfway through this process about the chords because I was, I had a melody, but I couldn't get the chords right. And I felt like I was bashing my head against the wall for a while. So I really do appreciate you saying that, that the chords, you know, caught you. They're complicated. Yeah. Complicated, but it's not, it's not, it's still easy listening. That's a that's a delicate tightrope. Laura threw out there. some like nineteen seventies jazz fusion funk band <laughs> at Weather Report, well, I think she said, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, great." I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is, but I appreciate it. Yeah, Weather Weather Report was a big uh, yeah band in our family. Uh, yeah. That was honestly incredible, Nick. Thank you. Well I, done. I appreciate it. I feel good about it. You should. All right, I've got one for you. Cannot wait. And maybe I will give a bit of a preamble Please to this. Do. Yeah. You know, like you said, we kind of with these Christmas songs, we we don't want to repeat ourselves, and I don't think we have done that at any year. 
And um, there's been one style of Christmas song that I've been wanting to do since we started this, and I think I found it here. Uh, and I haven't done it alone like you. I haven't done it alone. Oh. And, um, and you know, I've been thinking a lot about, like like many people, uh, you know, we've been seeing, you know, the, the Pentagon um, documents released about, you know, UFO sightings and, you know, we're seeing UAPs, <laughs> okay. you know, coming into the, 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 the zeitgeist uh-huh. um, more frequently and people are starting to take it more seriously. And I think there's, there's, a, there's a connection or maybe I'm asking whether is there a connection between these lights in the sky that were, you know, being reported and, and, and maybe a, a Santa Claus, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities there, you know, things that we can't explain flying time traveling even, yeah. you know, how does he, how does he visit every home in one single night? Well, you can't do that unless you're traveling at the speed of light. Of course. Um, so are you ready? Yeah. Well, I am, I'm very excited. Um, to get this going, Michael, uh, do so, you turn the name? This is Close Encounters of the Christmas Kind. Nightmare for hungry 
people like you The line's not too big, it's not too late Your heart races, pupils dilated It's a feeling that feels like fate Santa Claus, if no crumbs from the cookies he ate It's real nice being naughty in this invasive surveillance state How about that young C? Give it up for young C. Fucking hell. Guys, oh my god. Yeah. I I went silent because I was just I was just grinning all There's the way. There's not a lot through. of space for well, that, but also unbelievable. Unbelievable. Up. At the start Gangster I was rap, like, okay, baby. here we go. Clips since we're in broker's territory. And then it just wasn't. Yeah. It went somewhere somewhere completely new. I'm so impressed. It sounded legitimately incredible. Casper, legitimately great. I don't know if the lyrics were you yeah. or him or both, but like that was the lyrics were all him. Amazing. So I just to give a little backstory here. I was I don't have a lot of gear. I was on the road. Don't have a lot of gear, and so I was like really 
come, you know, September, I was kind of stressing out about like, what am I going to do for Christmas? song? I can't, I hate programming specific notes for chords. I can't do that for a whole song. I can do that for an instrument. So I found like a beat that I had recorded in lockdown. Um, wow. One of the many beats that I had. And I was like, I can base it off this. And So I'll, the um, beat or like the chords and, and everything as well? Yeah. So the, the, the beat you, and the you, chord You had the chords and the progression. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of um, it's, it's changed a little bit since then. But then, you know, I I was trying to work out what the concept is going to be. And I think even on the back of a conversation that Laura and I were having, we're like, why don't, you know, it could be like a connection between, you know, UFOs and Santa Claus yeah. and Christmas lights. And, yeah. and I kind of gave Crasper a very simple short brief. And I yeah. said, this is what I'm thinking, you know, go paint on this blank canvas. And he... He came up with this story. He's like, I'm going to make it, you know, this narrative person of like from yeah. from the perspective of someone who's seen a UFO and is kind of doubting, uh, is being doubted. And uh, he's just, it's, it's, you know, the music was all me, but it, it's all Casper. Like that yeah, is incredible. all the lyrics. And they're so, I'll send you the lyrics because they are, they're, they're, they're very clever. I yeah. Like I mean, I was listening along, but like, absolutely. It's so dense in, in terms of like, probably our longest christmas song by a decent margin yeah which i enjoyed all the way through but um like a lot of a lot more there than i was expecting and then in the middle it sort of hits this kind of gorillas sort of zone where you're you're in like telephone damon alban kind of territory and then back Mm. to this really satisfying like rap synth verse outro like i i just yeah, there's no the there's no structures <laughs> there the is a structure course. i mean like that's a fucking rap song but like un- uh, yeah, yeah unbelievable i i thought the the production was really nice i like the the uh movement of sounds like left to right like you were using the the channels the panning it was a really thank you, satisfying thank you for saying that because that's the fiddly stuff that I'm sure that's you know. the fiddly that, shit <clears throat> working out that really takes up a lot of time <laughs> just so much automation yeah. But um, yeah, the- and DSing. I don't know if DSing is uh, oh. part of your gripes, but I, God yeah. Almighty, <laughs> yeah, kill me. But the um, I will tell you one brief aside, which is that, like I said, uh, Lauren recorded her track onto an iPhone because she didn't have like great. You just called her Lauren, around. by the way. Sorry, Laura. Laura, I, that's your fault for <laughs> getting engaged <laughs> to someone who sounds like your sister, Laura. Um. <laughs> Not an accident. Not an accident. <laughs> Laura um, recorded into her iPhone. And that was one of those things where, like, it was not, like, amazing quality. And so, like, no. the amount of, like, post-production work and, and that kind of stuff, like, can take Look, so much Casper's time. as well is from an iPhone. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know. It, it sounds amazing. No. Um, oh, I've I bought some fancy plugins. <laughs> I spent a lot of money <laughs> yeah. on this. That's the commitment that I look for. Please, um, please send your uh, donations to Deep Four just so I can recoup <laughs> the money from dollars that I spent on the Christmas. So, yeah, you know, I I think because I had a lot more the, time. The 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 tone, the sound of the synths and the bass and the the like, you know, like that is fucking pro level shit. Like it sounds unbelievable. I probably spent about as much time on this as I did on like Technicolor, you know, like yeah. I like just that fiddly stuff to try and make it acoustically sound nice and have like effects in the right place. And yeah. I bought like a, a limiter, which is like I should send it to. Actually, there's a free version. I'll send it to you if yeah. you ever need one. Um, 
and I, just because I had a bit more time, like not having a, a full time job, like I could I could do all the, those fiddly things. Yeah, and I think it's like it sounds. It's probably the most professional. It's the, definitely like the most like laborious one that I've had. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's it more sounds, fiddly and there's like more layers there. Yeah, it should be crisp. Um, incredible work. I I genuinely think probably one of your best, um, if not the best. I really enjoyed it all the way through, and I can't wait to listen again. I, this is this is yeah. Christmas. It's always the best part when you can we can just like kind of listen to them back, and you can you know I think you know not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but you know we always include a, you know some layers there some inside jokes um that you can only really get after a few lessons but i do just want to say i've already said it but a shout out to young c himself yeah for that casper. because casper put in so much fucking work yeah for this like it's there is a lot of this three pages of yeah. lyrics yeah um and every line in there he scrutinized over and we did together we kind of changed things so i just want to shout out casper because he fucking what a champion it. yeah great job casper thank you for being part of it thank you laura for being part of it finding time in your schedule to sing a silly christmas song for us and thank you all for listening uh we know that your your time is precious and we appreciate that you spend time with us and uh hope that you have a great holidays and christmas ahead um with you and your family um so please uh enjoy the break and we'll see you in don't drink drive don't drink drive we'll see you in 2024 baby merry christmas Universal Christmal Christmas was on Thursday, the 14th of November, 2019. Universal Crystal Christmas was on the 14th of November, 2019. Thank you, Siri. (laughs) Universal Crystal Christmas is in November? Did you not know that? No, I missed a missed it. (laughs) 